Boy, Pastor Kim, you did a great job reading that. Man, I don't know where those two kids' names came from, Zeb and Lily. It's almost like I have two grandchildren named Zeb and Lily. And, uh, you know, that's the very thing that I pray for for them, is that they will know that story, know the truth of it and what it teaches. You know, I love this story because this story has people of action in it. I love that, that they actually did something with what they were thinking and they acted on their faith. It's full of surprises. And one of the things I really like is the pastoral staff got together and we said, how do we want to start 2017? And this is the story that we chose together because the focus of this story is faith, faith in the Lord Jesus. I had a completely different introduction that I was planning to do, but I'm not going to do it because my life changed a little bit last night. And none of us know what's going to happen in 2017, do we? And what our Lord wants for us to do is trust Him. Last night, I suffered an injury in sports, and my left eye is all blurry and everything. And, I, and so it's, it's a little weird, and I was going to sit down, and I'm going to try to see if I can read it. I may have to use my cheaters here. But uh, <clears throat> I was in a violent game of ping pong last night. <laughs> And uh, my, uh, my nephew, God bless him, uh, <laughs> ooh, better be careful, he did a slam, it went bam. I didn't see it coming, literally, my eye was open, bam, and so now my vision's blurry in my left eye. But there's a little bit of that for all of us in 2017. We really don't know what's coming. And sometimes we wonder, well, what's going to make a difference in 2017? I think this story illustrates a lot of things, and because I'm a real visual person, I learned visually, um, I have, uh, for you guys, uh, you kids, you heard Pastor Kim say that we have some notes here for you. I'm going to try to fill in the blanks. For those of you who are adults, it's okay. You can use this side of the page, or if you want to use the other side, I'm going to do something very different today. I'm just going to make a few comments as we walk through this passage But I really, really, um, we're going to give you time in a few minutes to um, process some of these things together. Pastor Larry's going to come out and he's going to help you, uh, families and new families, and just kind of gather together and talk about your thoughts for this coming year. Then we're going to have a time to pray together. So it's going to be brief. You know, it's really dangerous if a pastor says he's going to speak briefly. So nobody hold me to this, but... I would like to just share some thoughts from this passage that I think really helps us head into 2017. Actually, we don't even need to think a whole year, head into tomorrow. I don't know about you, but this time of the year, I always remember when I was a student thinking, used to be that on January 1st, the next day, you went back to school. And so all January 1st, I never liked New Year's Day. You know, my parents were watching the parade and I was like, oh, this is boring. But I was also thinking about, oh, man, I'm heading back to school. Some of you are heading back to work. Some of you got hard news, maybe even recently. I had a friend who, known them for a long time, for many, many years, 57 years old, had a stroke. Now, actually, the stroke ended his whole financial career, and they found out some medical news on him as well. Tough, tough, tough news on him. Some of you had a hard year. Some of you had an amazing year. It was awesome. And you're thinking, what's going to happen this next one? You know what? We can do it with or without faith in Christ. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And I want you to think about 
what you're going to talk about when you meet with your family. So let me walk through this passage, and I'm going to pray first and ask the Lord to speak to each of us this morning. Our Father in heaven, I thank you that you are so personal, so loving, so powerful that you cared about one person being lowered through a roof, that you care about each person in here, that you love each one of them. You love the zebs and the lilies of the children. You love the students who are here, uh, perhaps in middle or high school. And Father God, you love us. You love us all, and you're directing our paths as we trust in you. And that's what we're wanting this morning. Lord God, would you speak to us from your words again? Amen. Now, part of the reason I'm going to do something really different on here, I'm just going to show you phrases and individual words in here, and I'm going to have a few things to say about each of those. Can I tell you this, that when I came to Christ, it was uh, actually, I was a senior in high school, but when I began to study the Word of God, man, it changed me. It changed me so much. Every word of that scripture is what God wanted there, and every one of those words matters. And so I'm actually going to kind of do it word by word, phrase by phrase. Um, So... And um, when I get to those pictures, um, I'm going to help you fill in those blanks, uh, adults, uh, excuse me, children. So let's look at um, Mark chapter 2 together. We're going to read the first 12 verses. I am reading from what's called the New International Version. There are a lot of very clear, dead accurate versions. We're so privileged to have them in English. And so if you're reading from New American Standard, English Standard Version, King James, New King James, they're all good. They're all good. They're all amazingly translated. So I'm going to look from this. I'm going to read the first 12 verses. A few days later, this is after Jesus had already done a number of other miracles and things, Jesus again entered Capernaum. That's where he had come from, by the way. He had lived there for a while. The people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Now, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat, and the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Man, I love that story. I love that story for a lot of reasons, but I'm actually going to just 
and because my vision's kind of blurry, it's a little hard for me to see here. I'm going to just share with you a few thoughts from this passage. And I'm, so you can, I'm a writer. I love to, I'm real visual, so if I write while I'm listening, I, I think of it more. But if you don't want to, that's fine. But let me just share a couple of thoughts with you. First of all, people heard that Jesus was in town. Jesus had a growing reputation. His reputation, by the way, is now all over the world. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody ever loved like him. Nobody ever was sinless. Nobody ever did miracles like him. And nobody else promised eternal life. Nobody can promise that because Jesus, who had come from God, we just celebrated this at Christmas, he had done these amazing things. And people were there, some out of curiosity, some out of criticism. So you have both the crowds and the critics. Now, knowing that he was a healer, we see some things happen that are pretty exciting. But let me ask you, why are you here this morning? Are you here because you've heard of Jesus, because you know what he's done? Um, Are you here this morning because you're hoping for a miracle? I hope so, because you've come to the right place. you come to the right person. He's the miracle worker. They noticed that there was no room left. They couldn't get to Jesus. And so when he gets all these people here, now here's what I would do. I would amaze them first. I would like, ooh, I got some really cool things I'm going to do here today. I'm going to do some miracles. But Jesus preached the word because of all the things that we need the most. It's the truth about God, who he is, what he's done for us, what he wants to do for us. That's what we need, and that's where he started. And then notice next that this paralytic, who's, that means literally he's unable to walk, um, could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. And you guys, we all experienced that at some point in life. I don't know about for you, but I remember being in high school. I remember so well that the thing that was most important to me was that people liked me. People accepted me. I was an insider that people thought I was cool. All of those things. Um, And some of us just naturally are, and so we're fine. (laughs) Um, But I remember that so well, and the crowd got in the way of me knowing God And so I was 17. I didn't know anything about Jesus because I was so focused on myself and so focused on the crowd. So we see, I love this phrase, some men came, some people came. I love what these guys did. I love it for several reasons, but one of the things is that they loved this friend so much that they went to the extreme. Do you realize what they risked? They risked their own reputation. All these people are there, and they're going to do something really bizarre. They're going to peel back a roof. Some of them were made with clay tiles, uh, different things. But they're risking the wrath of the homeowner. They're risking failure because what if they did this? And Jesus said, nope, not going to happen. What if they dropped him, lowered him down? (laughs) I was thinking about that. Hey, cool, we're going to lower you down from the roof. Oh, sorry. That's okay, Jesus is here. He can heal you. (laughs) They risked a lot of things, didn't they, when you think about it? And any time you and I are going to help our friends to see Jesus, there's going to be risk involved every single time, some kind. You're risking that relationship. What are they going to think if I say this or do this? There's always risk every single time. So there was many things going on here all at the same time. 
Now, if you're uh, following the pictures, the very first picture on the right side says, we're all broken and need Jesus. We're all broken and need Jesus. That's just who we are, and God knows it. And that's why he did everything that he could to bring us to Christ, to bring us to Jesus. Now then on the left side, it says this. Friends help friends see Jesus. On the left side, friends help friends see Jesus. That's what we do. And as followers of Christ, that's our calling. That's our mission. Notice, though, that these men who brought him risked, but even the person on the mat had to risk as well because he was entrusting his hands both to them and to Jesus, and he had risk as well. And maybe today, some of you feel like you're the one that's on the mat. You've been knocked down. Uh, In the last three weeks, I've had so many friends who've faced a challenge. And some of you who are in middle school, high school, you know that you're going to be facing a challenge this week, this year. I want to just encourage you to let your friends who know Christ help you see Jesus through the process. Notice the crowd in verse 4. The crowd is often why we can't get to him. Um, and on the, then there's a picture at the very top of the page. It says, faith in Jesus gives us courage to help others. The crowd is always, always, always going to be there for us. And what we have to do is go beyond the crowd Go to our faith in Christ, and he'll give us courage to help our friends. Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith. Now, do you realize that so many times in the Scriptures, we're Americans and we think individual. So many times in the Scriptures, it's us, not me. And this is one of those us's right here. Jesus saw their faith. Those men had faith. The person on the mat had faith. And this year in 2017, I want to encourage you to do the very thing that Pastor uh, Kim talked about, which is get in a small group. If you're not in a small group, that's where we grow in faith together. And I want to encourage you to take that step of faith. Now, when Jesus saw their faith, and by the way, faith is the thing that Jesus praised all through the Gospels. Praised the centurion's faith. He praised different people who trusted in him. So when he saw their faith, he acted. Faith is what God wants us to do. Sometimes we think of it like faith in, and I'm going to say, in some mysterious creature that wears red and comes down through a chimney. Um, But really what this is about is about a relationship. What our Lord wanted, he never wanted to just clean us up or straighten us out. What he wanted from the very beginning, was a relationship with us. He created us to know him, and he knows that the deepest level of a relationship is trust. My wife and I have just had, actually, we still have 16 people at our house. We got to have a lot of confidence in each other because we're doing cooking, cleaning, shopping, doing all these different things. But really, the deep part of our relationship is that I know I can trust Diane. I know it. And that's the kind of relationship our Father in heaven wants with us, is a marriage. He wants a marriage with us to where we know 
Our God is good. Our God is powerful. He holds it all, and we can trust him. That's what 2017 is all about for us here at Trinity. In 2016, did we see God do amazing things here? I know in many of your individual lives, we've prayed for you and we've seen God work. In 2017, we saw, 2016, we saw him work in amazing ways. We were feeling distressed and challenged, and God worked, and he worked in us first. We began to trust him. We began to ask him, God, where are we going? How are we going to do this together? Because it's always together that God leads us. We saw God work. And that's what we're looking for in 2017. <clears throat> so on the, on the picture in the lower right, Jesus wants us to have faith in him. If there's a word that I could say for us in 2017 at Trinity, it's faith, it's trust, it's confidence, it's putting all of our decisions, all of our troubles, all of our needs into him. Verse 6, the opponents were thinking in their hearts. By the way, wrong thinking always leads to a wrong heart. That's why we need the truth. These guys were confused about what the truth was. And quite frankly, they were opposing Jesus. And then Jesus said something really radical. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. He can forgive sins. Sins are what we do when we reject God, when we push God away. And then Jesus challenged. He said, which is easier to say? Which is easier? Can I tell you that most of us, we think of a miracle as something like, wow, that's supernatural. Instantly healed somebody. Yep, that's a miracle. But the greatest of all miracles in the Bible is that we who were way far away from God, opposing God, enemies of God, that God came to us and said, I want you. I want a relationship with you. I've sent my son so that you can come back to me. So that when someone turns to Jesus, when someone becomes a follower of Christ, that is the greatest of all miracles. The greatest of all miracles. Does God do physical miracles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did some of them in you. I saw things happen this year that I know we specifically prayed for that God did. But greater Greater than that is the miracle he's already done in you if you're a Christ follower. Greater than that is the miracle he's going to do in your friends as you lower them to see Jesus this year. In verse 10, know that Jesus has authority to forgive sins. Only a sinless God could do what Jesus did, and he's done it for us once and for all. And then on the picture on the bottom, the very bottom of the picture, it says, when we have faith in Jesus, he forgives our sins. So he said to the paralytic, get up. That is a picture of us, of our resurrection. We sang about it earlier. One day, even though some of you have lost a friend who's in Christ, one day God's going to raise them up. All of us who are in Christ, one day he's going to raise us up. And so the picture in the bottom left side said, Jesus can heal and rescue anyone who has faith in him. I want to challenge you kids who are in elementary school. Can I tell you, even though you're in elementary school and you're following your mom and dad's lead, and that's awesome, but you know that God will lead you as well? 
God can lead some of you who are in third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade. He's going to use you to help some of your friends come to know Jesus this year as you love them and invite them in. Some of you who are in high school, man, I'm so thankful that people in high school who didn't worry about the crowd who invited me to know Jesus. And for some of you this year, that's going to be your challenge. That's what God's going to use you to do, to do some amazing things. And then at the end of the year, we want to say the same thing. It says in verse 12, it says, we have never seen anything like this. Wouldn't this be an amazing year for us, Trinity family together, to team up together, to pray, to listen to God, to teach the truth, and to reach our friends for Christ this year? That's going to be amazing. Three things about faith. Let me summarize. These didn't make your notes. One, we know that Jesus wants us to have faith in him. It's always in us. Two, faith in our good God gives us courage. Courage to face whatever comes. And third of all, faith grows our compassion and courage to help others know Jesus. Will you guys pray with me? Father in heaven, we're asking today, we're asking again today to help us to see you more clearly than we've ever seen. A God full of compassion and love. A God ready to forgive sins and iniquity of all kinds. Would you help us to turn to you, to embrace you as the God of the universe who cares about us and our friends? Would you use us, Lord God, to use whatever you've given to us? If you've given us a rope to lower our friends to the Lord Jesus. I know, Lord God, that some people in here don't even believe yet that you're going to use them. Will you help them today? Will you help them to know that on the job or in the sports they're involved in, you're going to work through them to love and serve others and point them to the Lord Jesus with their words and their actions? Will you use us as a church to team up together? We have a, we have a men's outreach in a few weeks, God. Will you use us to invite our friends to come and hear about the Lord Christ? Will you use us, Lord, in women's ministries to invite our friends into that circle of friendship that so many have found? Lord God, we thank you for the many, many great things you've already done this year as we trusted in you. Will you do more in 2017? Will you help us to see you as you really are? In Jesus' name, amen.